On today's episode, we'll be talking about Corporate, Comedy Central's workplace comedy. It's in its third season. I watched episode three, The Importance of Talking Shit. In this episode, we cover a lot of gossip and passive-aggressive behavior between employees, some relationships that evolve and devolve throughout the entire thing, and also we get a good glimpse at a fly's perspective from the beginning of the episode and the end of the episode. Like fly on the wall? Like a fly, a literal fly that flies around the office. Gives you kind of a good perspective of each character's conversations. Like some people are talking about, okay, go. Some people are talking about how good or bad coffee is. For instance, you have these two characters, Matt and Jake, who I saw them as a Jake and Amir type. They're buddies. Uh, You remember Better Off Ted, that show? Yeah. I would recommend people who like that show, they would definitely like this show. Uh, It's less like workaholics and more... um, or, or less crazy than Well, actually, it's funny you say that because Hollywood Reporter called this a darker version of Better Off Ted. Perfect. So I'm a genius because I agree with someone from Hollywood Reporter. Well, yeah, but that's actually the one of the things I want to talk to you about because this show has been pretty liked, but like a lot of the reviewers talk about how dark this show is and it has a very pessimistic kind of look to it. Ooh, I can get into that a little bit. And I think one of the ways it actually works is that they make fun of issues like global warming and they make fun of the idea that people are so nasty to one another and by doing that it makes it a lighter tone despite the fact that you're dealing with darker issues so for instance with the global warming aspect lance riddick's character is like the boss yeah yeah his name is hampton deville Mm -hmm. and i mean i was really surprised to see him there i'm used to seeing him in the wire fringe john wick yeah, he, I was surprised when I was looking up the cast to see, like, because he doesn't usually play comedic roles. I know he was in the Eric Andre show, but that's not, like... Yeah, but the guy's a funny dude. Yeah. Like, he can he can swing a comedy bat. He's, he's really good. Yeah, I've heard he's really good in this uh, mm-hmm. show. So I really enjoy watching him, and he doesn't seem to age. Like, you can watch him in The Wire, and you can watch him now, and he looks exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So his character is kind of a cynic, but he is a not a good boss uh he's 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 one of the gossipers let's say later on but he is geared towards creating a product that people will buy and i'll use the employee's words uh that he talks to he said they say you want to make a product that doesn't really help the environment but makes people feel more superior for buying it and the example they used was a plastic straw being replaced by a paper straw yeah now people using paper straws are not going to save the planet like that's not enough to do virtually anything but it makes people feel really good about themselves by saying oh i played a part right Mm -hmm. so then they start spitballing ideas as to what other idea what other things could help the environment and that make people feel good so one person suggests lift for horses like with horses (laughs) <laughs> so like a carriage ride, but like a lift service. But they actually create an app for it called Hey Mare, like M A R E, <laughs> as in like yeah, yeah yeah. And so with that in mind, they then do a presentation about it that you kind of see in the m- middle of the episode. And then later on, we also see this kid who's thought of an idea for waterproof socks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So th- th- it's it's a lot of funny ideas like that. But um, how did Lance Riddick even get into the show? Well, uh, he actually researched CEOs and psychopaths to play the boss in corporate. And, like, just from seeing pictures of, like, him, I can tell that, like, he's supposed to be, like, the really evil one. But He's not evil, evil, but there is a... He has, like, these doors going into his office that remind me of Mr. Burns. Yeah. Because they're <laughs> so enormously tall for no reason. 
And during the first part of the episode, you have great grace from HR connecting with Kate because they start with this question, you know who can be a bit much? And then the other person says, you know who can be a bit too much? And then like you can see their hearts kind of pounding faster like before they get into it. And then they just start going after this character named John who is a bald guy who I think I've seen in like college humor sketches or yeah, something. Yeah, he's before. been in college humor, uh, The Office, Adam Ruins Everything, Veep. So he does a lot of comedic roles. Yeah, and he's bald and the on-running joke for him is that they kind of catch him having this pink wide-tooth comb that he constantly drops or pulls out when he thinks no one's around and just starts stroking <laughs> his head. Yeah, and they start gossiping about how stupid it, how stupid he is and then how he whenever they have a board meeting always comes in after someone's represented a new idea with i was just thinking that (laughs) and so they make fun of him for a long time and they gain their own friendship out of it but then when they when grace sees john with a wide tooth comb in the parking lot she decides to email her kate her friend to tell her about it and accidentally emails christian lance reddick's character the boss and he immediately calls her in and he's acting super serious and like completely formal like if you were to actually catch someone and when he sits her down he's like okay we have to discuss this email no one has the guts to ever email me and to email me this is is a pretty big deal so what's the news on John? And so then, yeah, they become gossip buddies and they're popping champagne every scene talking about how how terrible their coworkers are. But Grace is really into it until she realizes she has to start bad talking her own friend, Kate. And then she feels like she's betraying her, which she is. And Kate later figures out what's going on and also does feel betrayed. Lance Reddick's character invites uh, Grace to some sort of formal gala where it's just excessively rich people going and listening to really dumb ideas like the kids uh, waterproof socks but lance riddick starts like trashing the kid and grace realizes she's the bad guy and goes back and apologizes to kate in kind of a sentimental scene at the end of the episode and then they're by the end of the episode we really get a full wraparound back to the beginning there's a story i haven't touched upon with matt and jake that i'll get into but first tell me a little bit about these characters that i've talked about so matt and jake are the main two stars of the show they're also the writers and creators i'm not surprised yeah it's funny because they go by matt and jake in the uh in the show but they have different last names and this was a show that was completely made by comedians you have ann dudek who plays uh kate she's been in madman house she's um, been in madman yeah because i can definitely see them echoing so the thing about madman is it's a serious show but the main characters are so finicky and petty that that same pettiness is definitely in these comedy groups of of like people that we see yeah in this episode. And, and this show is supposed to be a uh, satire the Grace character that you mentioned earlier is played by Aparna Nancherla. She's been in such things like Inside Amy Schumer and like Late Night with Seth Meyers. And has anybody been added to the cast since the show began, or have they had the same people the entire time? They've had mostly the same people, but people like Zashir Shamada from um, SNL, and they've also had um, some guest stars. Like apparently, I think next week they're gonna have uh, Lauren Lapkus on the show. Mm-hmm. So they do like definitely go around like the UCB theater type of people. Yeah, Ben Schwartz. Uh, Pete Holmes, those type of people? Yeah, like in the same area. Okay. Um, Is there anything about the first few seasons that I should know? 
that uh, this episode I, that didn't cover? I wanted to ask, is there, like, a character that dresses up as anything in this episode? Um, not that I can think of right off Okay, because in this show, it does deal with um, dark topics, like you said, and Jake in the show has critical depression that they kind of jump into the storyline in season two finale, and he's sometime visited by a semi-mutilated dog mascot that follows him around, and that's supposed to kind of be a sign of his depression. Also, the show, like I said, it's a set. In the last show that we talked about, there was called Black Dog, the episode, right? Yeah. Um, she was haunted by a black dog, right? Yeah, and but then, but this one is a guy dressed up as that. Like Wilfred. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, okay. <laughs> so that was a little weird. But they're supposed to be working at an Amazon-type uh, place because their slogan is, we make everything, which okay. is kind of a shot at uh, Amazon. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only thing that I would say is different is that we're not looking at a giant Home Depot-like facility. We're looking at like just a fancy bunch of offices. So I'm because it's corporate, you're looking at the high executives, not the lower tier kind of people who have to actually put the boxes together and stuff. Yeah, makes sense. One thing about Matt and Jake's character, who also reminded me of the bajillion dollar property, like the stupidity level of those characters. Yeah, I want to ask her, like, go ahead. Okay, yeah, but the remember the friends, the... Uh, Baxter and Andrew? Yeah, that duo. Um, these two characters, Matt and Jake, don't do any work throughout the entire episode. <laughs> they complain about their coffee, and then they go after the coffee maker themselves through a passive-aggressive style of note-taking and calligraphy and limericks. <laughs> so the way they go about it is they post these pieces of paper onto the, um, not the bulletin board, but the cabinet above the coffee maker. So when, uh, what is her name? Coffee girl, Tammy. Tammy comes in there and she sees the limerick, immediately knows it's Matt and Jake because they're sitting right there talking about what they did, basically. And she kind of gives them a stare and then you know the battle's on. And you remember the Tim Robbins show, how they would just repeat the same joke yeah. over and, and over again. And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. You, I yeah, think but you most of the leave. time yeah. it did work because by the end they had so overdone it that yeah. it would just be funny. There's only two basic jokes in this entire episode. One is this idea of them really going crazy with the coffee, like feeling like they should just make these limericks against each other. Like that just goes nuts by the end because Tammy starts making limericks back. They start making limericks back. There's scenes where they focus in on Matt and Jake just trying to find words that rhyme with one another (laughs) so that they can really insult her back. And then we have Daniel's character, who is a curmudgeon who comes in and takes all the notes down because they're all plastered to the cabinets at this point, and then writes a cease and desist saying that it's against company policy for anybody to do this. So then they write, they Tammy and Jake and Matt uh, team up to write a note <laughs> against him, to which he just looks at them and says, I'm serious, guys. You're going to get fired if you continue to do this. They look back and they're like, that wasn't passive aggressive. That was just aggressive. But Matt and Jake give up, and Tammy does not. The next day, they walk into the kitchen, and Daniel has a bunch of, or Tammy has posted a bunch of pictures of Daniel, like a PI uh, room. It's all black and white photos just plastered to the wall of him having this affair with this lady, and not his wife, obviously. And Tammy, like, threatens to tell his wife if he doesn't back off, to which Daniel immediately backs (laughs) off. And then she's like, 
so who are we going to get next, guys? And then Matt and Jake kind of, like, look at each other, and they're like, uh-oh, what have we unleashed? So this show likes to kind of go the Rick and Morty route, where it's like it just gets more outlandish and more outlandish, like, as time moves on. Yeah, they take small little things that, like, passive aggressiveness would indicate would be sometimes create bigger issues in real life. Like, the smallest things can stem into bigger things. Yeah. Um, and they just exacerbate that to a point where in 30 minutes they're able to tell a full story. And I know that the two wanted to make um, a show that evaluated a place where people work at, uh, like a boring job, but also seeing what makes corporations tick, like kind of throwing those storylines in there. Mm-hmm. So. Everybody is supposed to be smiling at each other, but mm-hmm. behind that smile, everyone either hates each other or wants to not do their job. That's basically is looking for yeah. the easiest way to get out of it. Yeah. Another thing that they use to their advantage is, like, sarcasm. But you know where those shows have the character talking to another character, and in the background you hear, like, people talking to represent that That discussion is still going on? Um, They do that in this show, but instead the background talking is just someone saying, like, yep, 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 yep. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's another scene where Lance Reddick's character, because Matt and Jake have these things where they pull out the audience and they're, like, having conversations with one one another in the boardrooms that no one else is supposed to be able to hear. And Lance Reddick literally says during the gossip portion that, like, and you notice matt and jake are always talking and like you can hear everything that they're saying and so it's like saying zach morris in the high school show that yeah. he was in who saved would, by the bell yeah, yeah when he would like freeze time that well, it's not actually freezing time yeah this, people could hear them this show definitely does go meta like i know the first episode of the season was like um where hampton rewrites a fan favorite series finale and again uh-huh. this shows in its final season that sounds like a funny episode. so yeah and also like the scene the show does go um the outlandish a lot uh because hampton again decides to kind of stoke up fears in the season two finale of an apocalypse through its uh, media network to entice people into panic buying uh years worth of supplies in its stores so it's kind of weird how that actually kind of fits into the day a little bit. Um, I mean, it's not a super old show, so of course they've used what's going on in modern society yeah, yeah, to like, their advantage. Like yeah. Jake and Matt, the writers, they have uh, seeked out terrible experiences, like office experiences that they've been emailed because of the show. So yeah, it's kind of like Tacoma PD in that way. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone to like one of those improv shows? They always start by asking the audience if they have some experience that they want to tell. And usually they look for the ones that are, are the most, most like cringeworthy yeah. or there was some story that it's just you so can't horrible. believe it happened yeah. yeah obviously nothing to the extent of like my dad died of cancer or something like right, that yeah that would kill down. things yeah. pretty quickly <laughs> when the show was originally pitched it was supposed to just kind of be a sketch show like it was just supposed to be a ton of sketches that they may not have any story arc but comedy central kind of liked the pessimistic tone that they had and the dark tone so they were like hey Instead of just doing the sketch show, how about you make a more narrative-based show that's 30 minutes where you can still kind of do the same thing, and then that's how this show kind of came to be. Yeah, because if you see the Better Off Ted episodes, there were plenty of individual adventures. Like, you remember the duo in that one was the African-American guy and the, and the white scientist that they would Yeah, they, yeah. They were both scientists, and they would work on stuff, but then there was, like, an episode where the um, video camera would not pick up the black guy. Out. I was going to say, yeah, that was supposed to be, like, a racist or, message. Yeah. Because that's actually happening happened in some yeah. formulations of cameras that they've done. Um, so I think they kind of borrow that sort of um, flow where you don't need to have 
every single uh, storyline link up at the end. Yeah. Like the coffee one certainly <laughs> didn't mix with Lance Reddick's story. However, at the end of the episode, they have the fly come back and it circles the office and Grace and Kate are back to gossiping together. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coffee is then being complained about again. Yeah. And so they're all bringing it back. But then Lance Reddick's character, Ham- Hampton, is that what you said? His yeah, name Hampton. Was? Yeah, Hampton comes over and looks at Grace, just kind of a sentimental, like, remember what we had? And then she <laughs> kind of looks back and closes the blinds on him. And he kind of is just sad for a second. And then he puts out his hand and grabs the fly and kills it. <laughs> so also, it's just like a... yeah, his heart explodes. <laughs> like Wait, every once in a while, they would show the hearts of the people. Like there, it would just show a circle, and you would be able to see inside their body and their heart start to pound a little bit. And every time, it was just for the passive aggressive, or the sorry, the gossip. It would just pound mm-hmm. a little harder. Oh like, right, yeah, you mentioned that earlier on in the episode. Yeah, yeah. So with Lance Reddick's, though, he was so mad at the end, it just. <laughs> And he, he didn't die or anything. It was just kind of... Yeah, yeah that's... Okay, yeah. So, that's... So, w- would you say this show is for a specific niche of people? Because every... Yes, people who watch Comedy Central. Like, it's gonna be following... I I'm, wouldn't be surprised if you told me this show was successful. What does it have on IMDb? Uh, 7.6 on IMDb. It has an 87% for Season 1 of Raw Tomatoes, 100% for Season 2, and then 4 Tomatoes for Season 3. Yeah, it's a creative enough show to get by on the simpleness of its storylines. Like, and the people are funny enough to pull it off. I'm wondering what the budget is, because they had really fancy boardroom offices and stuff, but they don't have guest stars, and it doesn't seem like the cast is super well-known. Yeah, I would say that the budget is probably pretty low, because it's not a lot to rent an office. Yeah, so I'm guessing it wasn't a budgetary cancellation that ended the series, that it's more just a creative decision. I think it yeah, ended on its own term. One last scene we'll cover is the dropping of the comb. Uh, I know that he does it several times in the episode, but there's one in particular that takes the cake and it's near the end of the episode. So this was in the middle of the Hey Mare thing that they were, the yeah, app that the they app, were talking yeah. about, and his comb just falls out and he accuses the office of having planted it on him and he says the line like would you plant a pair of skis in the pocket of a person with no legs and they just made his character so stupid compared to everyone else's like yeah matt and whatever jake were complaining the whole time about coffee but you could tell that they actually had a brain while john's character was just meant just a for completely dumb complete character. comic relief in a comedy show which is pretty funny to have yeah, just wanted to point out that joke. <laughs> this show has uh, garnered for this season between two hundred fifty thousand to two hundred seventy thousand viewers. That's good so, for yeah. Comedy Central type numbers. When yeah. does it air again? On Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. It's a short show, and if you like Lance Riddick and you really want to see him just like have a lot of fun, because you can tell he's he's one of those characters who like is so used to playing serious films that when he gets to play go all out with Actual something crazy character, mm-hmm. yeah. he he enjoys it a lot. So check it out if you got the time. I think that's it for this episode. Join us next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.